zone. Yes, seven days in a week. Man, you ain't big pop. I'm your big bad booty daddy in the non-stop. Well, come on in, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Wrestling Reanimator podcast. Wrestling is back from the dead, and it is breathing new life. Hello, everybody. I'm Mike Lewis, and I'm joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my good buddy, Derek Warnke. Going on, man. Well, uh, quite a lot, man. <laughs> AW well, Rampage, dude. Yep, we are, we are up late. We are way past our bedtimes tonight. Oh, yeah, uh, that's for sure. We just uh, we just wrapped up watching the first episode, the premiere of AEW Rampage, and uh, for an hour long show, it did not let up for a minute. There was not a lot of room to breathe. <laughs> no man, they they almost hit that time limit, but they they got it done, and it, it was it was a good product, man. I liked it a lot. So uh, as we mentioned, we're going to talk a lot about AEW Rampage. That will be the focus. That will be the main event today on the podcast but before we do that we're going to run into uh the first segment skin and the cat we're going to talk about a couple different things that went on this week in professional wrestling number one we'll talk about aew dynamite and the first match of aew dynamite this week was a barn burner this thing stole the show holy crap fucking match dude that was uh it's good when you have a good opener like that because uh it gets the show going and they got to showcase everybody and man dante martin man yeah that first match was a six-man tag match uh it was the young bucks and uh kenny omega so the elite taking on the team of uh the seidel brothers and dante martin and going into that match, I I really didn't know a whole lot about Dante Martin. But after that match, all anyone could talk about was Dante Martin. <laughs> he did a lot of shit, man. He did a lot of shit. And we've like I said, I I knew him from uh, from Top Flight and uh, everything that he's done there. And uh, they're a solid tag team. They've put on a lot of good tag matches. He's a young and, kid. Uh, he's only twenty years old. Yeah, and uh, to see him break out, uh, awesome dude. And when he's working with the Sidels, you know it's going to be really good, really good match. So uh, yeah, he he was doing stuff I've never seen before. <laughs> yeah, it was like watching, uh, like you know, you go, you watch a guy like Ricochet in the ring. That's that's a guy that's constantly kind of blowing your mind and yep. doing things you haven't seen before and. I always like in Ricochet to like the real life version of Spider-Man and now watching Dante Martin in the ring. Um, I'm kind of thinking that that mantle might belong to him if he can continue to do these type of acrobatic high flying moves and, and not for nothing. Um, the Seidel brothers, Matt Seidel, if you're a WWE hardcore fan, you definitely remember Evan Bourne. That's Matt Seidel. Oh, Definitely. Those guys are not, they're not pushovers in the ring. They they are they are match stealers. Like those guys are uh constantly putting on a great show. And I don't want to say they got shown up by their tag team partner because that's not what I mean. I just mean that Dante Martin, his spots in that match from 
uh, just jumping over and doing backflips over a guy like Kenny Omega as he's being charged by him in the ring. Uh, that's pretty impressive. That's pretty fucking cool is what it was, man. He was doing some stuff. We talked about it on the phone earlier. Um, just getting in and out of the ring and popping up on the apron, popping up on the ropes. He delivered that awesome hurricane run on the outside to Kenny. That was just amazing. Went right into the barricade. Awesome, awesome stuff. And, uh, you know, he had a lot to prove in that match. And let me tell you something. He proved it. He proved it for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he went up against, uh, you know, a couple guys that he would have wrestled on AEW Dark. Uh, he went up against the Young Bucks, the tag team champions, considered, you know, by many the best team in the business right now. And and Kenny Omega, he's, you know, he's he's the belt collector. He's got how yep. many world championships at the time of that match? Like, that's that was the most impressive thing. He went in there against AEW's top guys, and he shone bright. And I, honestly, man, I have not seen a crowd reaction for a guy who isn't uh you know one of the most uh well-known assets on the roster uh like that in a very long time and i've said it once i'll say it again being an aew show it just seems like so much fun yeah and and you could see how invested the audience was the minute like Dante starts doing all those uh, high risk maneuvers. It was it was something to see. And if you haven't checked that match out, highly recommend you take the time to watch that match because it was easily one of the most entertaining matches I've watched in a very long time. Derek, I think you'd agree. I definitely agree. And, and like we talked about, it's uh, it's cool to have fans back, man. And it's cool to see these big pops for these guys like that. And uh, like I said, man, the shit he was doing. And the way they just ate it up, I mean, he did definitely, I think, in my opinion, got him over. And uh, hopefully we'll see his his brother back soon after this injury. And, and we can even see him do some more tag team stuff. So uh, a, lot, a lot of cool stuff from Dante. And I, I think he he kicks some ass, man. Sky's the limit. I mean, when you're that young, it's, uh, it's going to be really exciting to see where he goes with his career. AEW definitely has a, a rising star on their hands. If they uh, if they can continue to handle his development properly, it looks like they uh, they've got a, a fan favorite in the making. And speaking of fan favorites, and speaking of crowd pops, I mean, let's kind of shift our focus over to NXT, which um, we know the turmoil that's gone on with NXT. But uh, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, this match could be Adam Cole's last match in quote-unquote WWE or NXT, whichever you, uh, whichever way you look at it, if he doesn't re-sign with them, I mean, I couldn't think of a better opponent for him to end his, or, you know, end for now his career in WWE. But uh, him and Kyle O'Reilly, long-time uh, friends, they've been in the Undisputed Era together, they've wrestled in Ring of Honor together, Um their feud is has been hot in NXT. Going into NXT Takeover, uh, it's going to be a best of three falls match. It's going to be a standard uh, submission, uh, pinfall submission match, followed by a street fight. If a third match is necessary, it'll be a steel cage. 
Derek, you followed Adam Cole. You followed followed Kyle O'Reilly through their indie careers. I mean, that match, if that's if that's the last time we see those guys wrestle each other, especially in NXT, you know they're gonna pull out all the stops. No, definitely. If if that's the way you're gonna go out, that's the way you're gonna go out. That's the match you're gonna have. Because we've seen what they've done in ROH. I mean, you take that world heavyweight title match for the ROH title, that's in my top five of, of best matches of all time. I mean, that feud they've had, that rivalry is amazing. And to see what they're going to do in a best of three, I know I'm going to be happy. You're going to be happy. Dave Metzler is probably going to be happy. <laughs> so it's, it's fun, man. It's, it's, it's cool. I think, I think they booked it well. Um, like I said, uh, hopefully I get my email on Wednesday and I'm going to try to see if I can get to that show because you don't want to miss that, man. That it, it's got a really good card, and then you're going to stack Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole on top of it. Done deal. Done deal. I'm what's all funny, for it, man. What's funny is you have Karrion Cross versus Samoa Joe for the NXT title, and that one is a is a strange one because in a lot of ways, like the whole thing with Joe getting released and Joe coming back, becoming the enforcer, and now he's wrestling again. Uh, the storyline is, you know, they, they've they've planted the seeds for this one for a while. And I do appreciate there is some storytelling element to this. Um, Carrying cross. I'm still, like I've said before, I'm not the most convinced um, that Carrying cross is as great as he is being booked in NXT. Obviously Vince has other ideas as you see how he's been booked on raw already. Um, it seems, and this is a spoiler alert, so you can cover your ears if you need to. I don't think that Karrion Cross walks <laughs> out of TakeOver with that title, considering that he's going straight up to the main roster. It pretty much just seems like they're going to have Joe carry that belt until they figure out what the hell they're going to do with NXT. But um, I'm a believer. I know, Derek, you, you would agree as well um, in having the main event be for the top title most of the time. In, on a pay-per-view but the best two out of three falls cole versus o'reilly match i think supersedes that and that's likely the main event am i am i wrong in saying that i think so i think it's going to be tough to compete i mean you're going to get two matches that are going to be amazing on that card regardless you're going to get walter Dragonoff, and then you're going to get o'reilly cole I mean, those are two matches that a lot of people want to see. We saw what Walter and Dragonoff did the first time around. It was amazing. Match of the year contender. And then you have this this main event that's just going to blow the doors off of it. So, carrying across Joe, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm an agent of chaos, so there's kind of a small part of me that's like, have Cross win it. Have Cross win. Take the belt to... Take the belt to the main roster and see what happens. Because you bring I, him up to the I'd main. I'd love it. I'd love that. I, I think we both would love it. I mean, you bring him up to the main roster. You have him get squashed by Jeff Hardy. Was it Jeff Hardy? I believe. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a squash. It was. It was like Jeff cheated. Jeff Hardy cheated to beat Karrion Cross and Karrion Cross's debut. So it was like a, a cheap win. But like, I and I still to this day don't understand why they had. Jeff Hardy, the baby face in his like comeback match. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. It's very strange. But um, and once once again, I apologize for not doing my WWE homework. And I know a lot of marks out there are gonna be like, ah, he didn't watch he didn't watch WWE. You know what? Kiss my ass. 
That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> I'm watching other shit, okay? I'm watching other shit. Well, Fucking marks. I will say. <laughs> I'm just uh, kidding. I love you all. Um, the, uh, the, the thing that I, I'm looking at for NXT, though, when I look at Karrion Cross bringing that NXT title up to the main roster in the scenario that he wins with Joe, I, I feel like it could kind of make sense if all the rumors are true and Vince McMahon is truly going to go in and kill NXT and like turn it back into what OVW basically was and trying to find his next John Cena and next Randy Orton and next Batista. Um, I mean, I wish him all the luck in the world. I don't think that it's going to work, but um, if I was under six feet tall and over the age of 29, <laughs> And I was on NXT right now. I'd be sweating bullets for my career. Um, oh hell yeah! If 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 you were putting all of your eggs in the WWE basket, and you're on that roster and fit those parameters, then yes, I would be very scared for my career. But as we've learned, there's a lot of different avenues you could take as a professional wrestler these days and make a very nice living. And half of those guys that I'm talking about have already done that, so I think they'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, and you're and if you, and guess what if if you get that phone call and you get that pink piece of paper, guess what? You're probably going to AEW because they'll take anybody <laughs> right now. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like AEW just picks up uh, anything that comes out of the WWE system. And, and you know what? I, I think for most of the time, those guys that are available, some of those guys you have to take a swing at, but I get so scared that they're going to run into old WCW and TNA territory where it's, they're just hey, like picking up anything with a pulse that was in WWE. It's a natural fear. I mean, look at let's look at Everrise. They didn't even go to dark. They went straight to dynamite, baby. And that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what the I, hell was that move? I, I, and, and they're like directly in feuds next week on dynamite. They're going to be wrestling uh, Darby Allen and Sting. Sting hasn't yeah. wrestled anyone. He's coming back and he's going to wrestle freaking 2.0 ever. Hey, those, those are two guys you're going to feed them, though. I will say that it's a smart move. Yeah. You're going to feed anybody to sting. Those are the two guys you're going to feed. Agreed. And and it's not like they're they're You know, to some people, they may look at them. Oh, they were on NXT. They were a tag team that I wasn't that familiar with. But these guys have been around for a long time. I mean, they've been around. I, I've liked I've liked a lot. Um, liked a lot of stuff they've done. Um, I remember them in Chikara. Yeah, they were awesome in Chikara. Good tag team, man. Really cool. They work well together. Um, so excited to see what they're going to do. Um, like I said, I had the chance of uh, checking them out when I went to the NXT show. Um, and, and, you know, super entertaining to watch. And, and <laughs> excited to see what they're going to do in that Sting match. <laughs> Definitely. And, uh, uh, and as we kind of transition over to the main event of the show here, I mean, it was Friday night, it was Rampage, but it was also SmackDown. So um, just a couple quick highlights um, from SmackDown tonight. Um, like I said, we're going to spend a little bit more time talking about the debut episode of, uh, or the premiere episode, I should say, of, of Rampage. But um, King Nakamura wins the Intercontinental title on, on SmackDown. Awesome. Over Apollo awesome. Crews. That's, you know, it's, yeah, agreed. Very awesome so excited for him he's he's a guy that deserves to have a title around his waist um and be booked as a champion 
hopefully uh i mean he i like what they're doing with his king nakamura gimmick right now i i really do think that it oh, lends, I think it's it lends itself yeah it lends itself really well to the king of strong style yeah uh i think it's awesome i think good for them putting the strap on him i think he deserves it um and you know we're gonna get into cena reigns in a little bit but uh we talked about, uh, you know, it's a big night competing with a show like Rampage. And I think SmackDown did did the right thing, man. If someone's attacking your castle, you got to lay down the defenses. And that's exactly what I think they did. Um, you know, great. We saw an amazing promo from Cena. And oh God, on top of man. it, we see it. We see a big title change. So so good for them, man. You know, who's ever back there, you know, uh, sailing the ship is, is, is doing a pretty decent job, you know, holding off. Uh, these AEW attackers, as you will. Well, SmackDown, SmackDown's been the better booked show for for God, the better part of a year, maybe more now. Since since they put the strap on Roman, I mean, they've booked oh, him agree. so well as as a heel. And uh, honestly, it's I I have very few complaints about how SmackDown is booked. I think it's the better show. There's no doubt. Um, I think everyone who watches both would agree. Um, and when I when I saw the the Nakamura title change, I thought the same thing you just said. You know, they've got they've got competition on Fridays now. And and yes, Rampage is a 10 o'clock one hour show and SmackDown ends at 10, but that's still like a signifier for them to say, hey, we know that there's another show on tonight, but ours comes on first, and don't forget that, that something can still happen every night on this show. That Very was a smart well said. Move. Smart Very move well said. Super smart move by them. And uh, I think they did everything right. I think they did what they were supposed to do. And a uh, lot, a lot, a lot of good shit, man. Surprisingly from, and I don't want to, I don't want to shit on SmackDown, but um, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people and a lot of people, uh, you know, Hey man, what'd you like? Did you like Raw or SmackDown better? And it's cool to see a lot of people are going with SmackDown. They're holding their own and they're doing what they need to do. Absolutely. And talking about, uh, SmackDown, you alluded to it earlier with Roman and and Cena. I mean, first of all, I was very excited to see the Peacemaker on SmackDown. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I just watched the Suicide Squad last night, so uh, uh, it was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, but uh, I honestly, this is what Cena needed. I think I think the crowd needed some time away from John Cena to yeah. kind of appreciate him again. Um, and as much as I was the guy in the audience chanting, John Cena sucks, along with everybody else. Oh, we all did. We've age, all done it. <laughs> there's there's no doubt that Cena is a necessary evil for, for WWE. Uh, um, I mean, at the end of the day, you need a guy who is a strong, who's strong on the mic and even if he's predictable in the ring, like, you know what you're getting from a match-to-match, like, caliber uh, standpoint. Yeah. When I look, when I when I saw Cena come back, I was a little excited, and I never thought I'd say that. Um, but then you see him in these promos, and, he, and you realize, God damn, this guy still got it. And now I think that he's not positioned as the top guy because obviously they want that for roman it gives cena a little bit more flexibility 
And I think that's a good thing for him. And we're, and it's not quite as PG as it was when he was, you know, in his, you know, his peak because he's dropping great promos now and he's not afraid to say anything that's going to ruffle feathers. And tonight oh, in his, his promo tonight, he alludes to Roman basically almost ruining Seth Rollins and basically pushing Dean Ambrose out of WWE. Yeah. And that to me is it's obviously it's not like true, but <laughs> but at the end of the day, like hey, it sounded good as shit. It did, but like I will say, like how often do you hear a guy reference a, a, another wrestler who's no longer in the company? Um, doesn't happen often. Usually, if yeah. it's not happening in WWE, it doesn't exist. And then the big, the big like um, mic drop moment was him um talking about uh how he's gonna take the title from roman jump the barricade and blow him a kiss and yep. immediately i'm like holy fuck he just he just dropped a cm punk reference yeah while all of this shit is going on um the night that rampage debuts and exactly i just thought you know cena cena's got his hand on the pulse more than i think people realize and he's back to utilizing that in his promos versus having to put on a smile and go out there and, and yeah. be, a, you know, a clown. Like I said, man, uh, we in our group chat, I, I said it, he looks like a child that an evil wizard turned to a grown up because he's got this man voice in this man body, but he is dressed like a fourteen-year-old, and <laughs> that's the one thing I will always love about John Cena. And, you know, his line about him making Suplex City was it, it, it that was the one thing I think in the entire promo that hit me because he knows people don't like him. He knows people shit on him and he's not scared to tap into that and say, yeah, so what? That's who I am. That's what I do. You're still going to love me. You're still going to see what I'm going to do. You know, this is a guy who's the face of the company for a long, long time and he was world champion and. You know, not only back then, I mean, you remember those days when he was feed, shooting with guys like uh, JBL and uh, Kenzo mm-hmm. Suzuki. Oh, my God, and, Kenzo Suzuki. And delivering these outrageous promos that you would not be able to get away with. Talking about smashing Stephanie McMahon. Hey, and I now, loved that era of John Cena. I oh loved my it. god! And now, and now we're kind of getting a little taste of that back, and you know, good for him. So I, I had a lot of fun with it. I thought, I thought it, it killed, and and good for John Cena, man. I never thought I'd say that in my life, but yeah, good for John Cena, man. God, we're getting soft in our old age, giving John Cena. Credit. We really are. We were assholes <laughs> when we were kids because we fucking hated John Cena. <laughs> Well, I mean, he was he embodied like the machine of WWE, like all the things yeah. that you wanted to change about WWE was God damn it. John Cena is still fucking champion. Um, and, and we had to deal with that 16 fucking times. God damn it. They're going to have him tie Ric Flair's record. Um, and he's going <laughs> to break it. Like, I've already accepted he's going to break it. Yeah. You know what? At the end of the day, and I always remind myself anytime I found myself shitting on John Cena, I would say, I think there's nobody that puts as much work in when the cameras are off into WWE than John Cena. 
No, I agree with that 110%. The stuff that he's done for the community and the stuff that he's done for the kids, you can't hate him. Like, you know what I'm saying? We, we, we were dickhead kids and we shit on him all the time. And he's just, at the end of the day, he's a good message for everybody. And he's a good message for pro wrestling. So anything that helps pro wrestling at the end of the day is okay in my book. Even if it's fucking John Cena. <laughs> uh, well, we'll uh, we'll give the peacemaker a break here, and we'll yep. uh, we'll um, head into our next segment. Well, here we are. It's the main event. It's the first episode of AEW Rampage. Uh, it was an hour. I was prepared for more than an hour. <laughs> I think we all were, man. We no, all I just more think wrestling. we didn't read. <laughs> yeah, we we really didn't. But you know, we, it was still fun. I, I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I I loved it. Um, like we said at the top of the show, uh, didn't really leave a lot of room to breathe. It it gave us just a lot of action match after match after match and i'm not going to complain about that because if you're going to give me an hour-long wrestling program i would love if there was no filler and there was no filler um i'm all for that but the one thing that i can honestly say right from the beginning i could tell was going to be a distraction and was going to kind of uh trip up the show a little bit that's the four-man broadcast team. I know that they were, like, very proud of this, but I found it really strange. And it was um, – the team was Excalibur, Chris Jericho, Mark Henry, and Taz. Uh, Derek, what did you think about the four-man uh, broadcast team? I'm going to agree with you, man. I, I think too many cooks. I th- I f- it felt like watching a WCW World War Three match. We have three <laughs> rings and three different announced teams. And you're listening to and who the fuck is talking right now? You're just, you're literally sitting there going like, this, like Jericho's great. I always love hearing Jericho and commentary Excalibur. Come on. He's a freaking King. And then Henry and Taz. I just was not expecting. It. I mean, me and you talked about it. I felt like Taz had a very weird spot being in, being, being a fourth guy. Um, it, well, the it, thing it, is, he, it, he felt like the fourth guy. I don't think yeah. anyone was supposed to feel like, but but it did come off like Taz was the fourth guy. I, I'd agree. I feel like they, they I don't want to say they, they stuck him in that position, but I just feel like less is more. And we've seen that in commentary before. I mean, hell, Joey Styles did commentary by himself and we still enjoyed it. Now, this it, it doesn't take away from the wrestling. We still saw some amazing matches and we saw some really good stuff, but uh yeah, I'd have to agree with you, man. Uh little little too much for me. You know, two I think is solid unless you know you're going with the traditional dynamite um lineup there. Um and I just think it was a little bit uh stuff going crazy in all directions. I think uh it was just a little weird to me. Um, and uh, it wasn't what we were used to. And uh, who knows? Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I think I think having the foreman was a bold choice, uh, especially when Mark Henry hasn't done a ton of like uh, commentary, like 
not that I don't think Mark Henry can do it. I actually really like Mark on uh, Busted Open, but uh, his role was strange because they kind of made him Tony Schiavone. And Mark Henry is not Tony Schiavone, and he's certainly not there yet. Um, No. (laughs) So his interviews were a little like a little weird, but hey, I think he's going to grow into that role really well. Mark Henry has been good at pretty much anything he's tried in his in his life, so I'm pretty confident he'll pull it off. Uh, I I agree with you there, and if if the the folks at home are listening and you don't know who Mark Henry is, he had sex with an old woman who gave birth (laughs) to a a hand that was sentient. So Google that. (laughs) He was he was it's it's that accomplishment is is bigger than the Olympics. It's bigger than world championships. He had sex with an old woman and gave birth to a hand. Just just play that around in your head. And this is why we love professional wrestling. <laughs> so moving on from the commentary team, um, the first match right off the bat, Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega for the Impact World Championship. Now, I know that you, you were... You texted me right away, and you're like, "Title match is first match." I was like, yeah, "I was thinking the That's same a shocker, thing. man! What a <laughs> what a fucking crazy pull for AEW. But hey, man, right out of the gates, uh, the, great match. If you're gonna have an opening match, that's the match you're gonna have. World title, world title opener, and uh, I know that I've I've heard a lot of other people talk about it before. We've talked about it before. AEW starts shows very strong, and that's that's part of their shtick, man. They they don't want to let up early. They want to hook you right away. And I'm gonna tell you right now, you say world title match, I'm in. If the first match of the card is the world title match, I hope the rest of the card's gonna deliver. So um, obviously, just a little background of this match. Um, Christian Cage comes in. For those of you who are watching AEW, Christian Cage is Christian from WWE. Uh, um, so Christian Cage challenges Kenny Omega for the Impact World Championship, uh, the TNA World Championship. Not the AEW World Championship. He's supposed to face Kenny for that at All Out next month in Chicago. Um, so... I thought it was a pretty interesting move booking wise for him to go after the impact world championship, kind of start to chip away at Kenny's multiple world championships. Um, So this was the first match in rampage history. And just as the match is starting Earl Hebner's son, referee Earl Hebner, longtime legendary referee, his son is uh, the ref in the match and Jericho drops a bomb on commentary where he just takes a shot at WWE. Where he's yeah. Like, yeah. Earl Hebner was a pain in my ass when he was in WWE. I, I don't know, man. Is it just me or have you like, like, like I just get this feeling of like, Oh my God, he said WWE like on. He on said anything. it. <laughs> you can't do that. Like, we're just not used to that anymore. Like, in WCW, they took fucking pot shots at WWF constantly. And, like, it's kind of weird. Like, like, did you did you catch that? Like, did it? I caught it, and I'm glad you brought it up because I know we didn't talk about it in the chat, but 
I, I heard him say it, and I'm just like, Chris Jericho just doesn't give a shit anymore. He just doesn't care. He's just going to say what he wants to say. Good for him. Um, and we've seen we've seen it on the other side, too. I mean, we all remember what happened to Loki when he was in WWE, and he made the total nonstop action reference. See you later. Jerry King, Long, Jerry King Law giving him that. Oh, he's on his way out of here. And Michael Cole's like, he did not just say that on television. And I'm just like, Ugh. oh, my God. Ugh. So but aside from that, I thought that was a pretty funny way to start the match. Um, so the match already put a smile on my face before it started. Uh, oh, I agree. Wh- wh- so what, what, what are your thoughts on the match? Because I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was exactly how I thought it was going to be. It was it was amazing start to finish. To see a guy like Christian out there and uh, at his age doing what he's doing and still putting up a hell of a fight. Uh, good for him, man. He looked great, and especially you're going up against a talent like Kenny Omega. Um, I think he held his own, and I think he crushed it. And I think he got a great pop from the fans, and uh, they received him very well. And uh, I, I still can't believe we're seeing the impact TNA world titles being defended on an AEW show. That still blows my mind. But, uh, you know, I was talking to some guys about it at work earlier, and uh, I was like, do you think they're going to take the, do you think they're going to put the belt on Christian? And I said, I don't think so. I think Kenny's walking out of there. So I was shocked to see him get the W, but good for him, man. I think it, it told a really good story, and uh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen at All Out. Yeah. And like, I'm, you know, uh, Derek and I would talk about, you know, guys that we always wanted to see. Uh, maybe guys that were mid-card, quote-unquote, wrestlers on you know, WWE back in the day, how, who we wanted to see take that next step, become world champions. For me, Christian was always one of those guys. I loved Christian as a kid. And when he went to TNA back in the day and he became the NWA world champion, I was, like, ecstatic. So I was a very big fan of Christian Cage in TNA. Obviously, he goes back to WWE and, you know, he has a kind of a second life there um, where he wins the world title. So I was happy about that as well. But now seeing him after all these years coming back from being retired, um, I think it's been seven years since he's wrestled. So for him to come back to AEW and, you know, start off undefeated, which is a cool you know, they didn't bring him in to just be like enhancement talent to put over right. the young guys. You know, he's he's being leaned on to be not just a veteran, but a veteran who is still a threat. And I think when they booked him against Kenny, it did him a little bit of a disservice with all these rumors going on about, you know, CM Punk and Brian Danielson and Bray Wyatt and like all these guys that could be coming to AEW everyone was a little underwhelmed to see Christian cage versus Kenny at all out. I wasn't underwhelmed, but the audience that the, at the night that it was announced seemed to be a little like upset and Christian didn't quite get the reception that he deserved. I think um, it wasn't really fair for him, but when, when they, when he comes out and says that he's going to challenge for the impact title on rampage, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, that's kind of cool because you know, it's the first show it's the first match. It's a title match and it's not even for the title of the promotion. So it's like all these, like all these strange little like details in the story that kind of make it interesting. 
Um, obviously, you know, him winning that impact world title doesn't really affect, uh, it, it does kind of get in Kenny's head, quote unquote, but what it's funny to me about it is you look at, uh, how Christian wins that match. He doesn't win it clean. He, and he's the baby face. He doesn't win it clean. Um, you know, the, the young bucks come in with a chair while the referee is distracted, try to give it to Kenny so that Kenny can, can knock out Christian. Christian Cage with the chair set up in the ring, turns it around on Kenny, drops the uh, the kill switch, pins him one, two, three. So it, first of all, doesn't make Kenny lose, like, you know, fairly. So Kenny still stays strong going into all Right, we, we don't have a, a weak loss for Kenny, which is great. I, I totally agree with you there. Yeah, like um, but you need it, to keep him. You need to keep him strong. Definitely, definitely. I mean, he's the face of your company, and you know, he's if if not one of the greatest wrestlers in the world right now. So, so good for them, man. Good, good storytelling on their part. Um, but I thought it was fun. I thought it was a lot of fun. You know, him throwing the chair out of the ring last second, getting the pin. We had a lot of close falls. I, I think a lot you know, of close crowd, falls. Yeah, a lot of a lot of two point nine counts out there. So uh, it, it was it was cool, man. It was cool to see him out there and, and doing his thing and um, a lot of good spots. He had a lot of good spots in that match. That that drop kick to the outside was clean. Um, he just looked good. He looked good. He looked and, and I agree with you taking on this this veteran role. Um, I think it makes younger guys uh, like like uh, Jurassic Express look really good to have a mentor like this in their corner. Um, and watching Orange Cassidy in the background, just sitting there like a <laughs> goob. I love it. I love it, man. I love it. And and then now we're gonna see, you know, his first match as champion taken on Brian Myers, which I think is gonna be a really good match as well. Um, and that's gonna be on Impact. So so I like these companies working together. I like them, you know, doing what they're doing. And uh, we get to see these fun matches. So it's it's keeping everything fresh, and it's it's it's. Keeping pro wrestling good, and, I, and like I said, that's the kind of stuff I like. Yeah, and, and just to piggyback off of that, um, you know, the fact that Christian wins the Impact World Title on AEW television, and now he goes and he's going to defend that title on Impact. It's crazy that we live in a world right now where you can just jump promotion to promotion, and you're not leaving your company behind but you're literally defending your world title around the world it's not just where your company is going you're going to defend that title and and it feels like the old school wrestling way of the world champion goes territory to territory it has a very cool old school feel to it again wrestling feels like the wild west and that's the way it needs to feel. I mean, I get really big, you know, NWA Mid-Atlantic vibes. You know, you would see Ric Flair on a Mid-Atlantic show with that NWA world title. And people thought that was cool. And I think I, I totally agree with you. We're getting the old territory days back and it's anything can happen. You know, don't change that dial. You're going to see some really, really good wrestling and 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 good for them, man. You know what Tony Khan has done and, and, you know, what Cody has done and what all, all these guys at impact have done. It's, 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 it's great for the business and, and uh, I'm all for it, man. Yeah. And you see, 
Christian winning that title, Scott Demore from Impact Wrestling, you know, he's, you know, their head booker, he's, he's in the ring with Christian when Christian wins it. I love that. I love that. Very cool moment. The representative from the other company is in the ring with the new champion. Like it's, it doesn't make things feel segmented. It means it makes everything feel like it it's joined together, which is really an exciting thing. And it kind of makes all these different leagues uh, feel like the NWA again back in the day which is which is awesome um and not for nothing we know that impact and tna has struggled um in a lot of ways over the years and i think they've had to kind of build up the credibility for their for their company again and i think they've begun to do that immensely over the last few years um but really just putting some prestige back on those belts um, goes a long way. Obviously, having a champion like Kenny Omega puts a lot of prestige on that title. Having Christian come in, a former world champion in Impact, you know, coming back and now he's holding those titles. I think those really. I mean, to me, Christian's a Hall of Famer. It's a it's a shame he's not in the WWE Hall of Fame. Agreed. But you know, that's a guy that's a Hall of Fame caliber wrestler that's holding your titles right now and. Uh, I think that's that's really great for impact and it's going to be it's going to it's going to do wonders for them I think. Yeah, I, I I definitely agree with you and uh I agree with the Kenny Omega statement. I think that's what we want if we can get two companies that can help each other out. It's a win-win for both companies. And I mean, if we look at what we've seen with you know AW New Japan and bringing in guys like Tanahashi and Jay White that's just going to make more people want to tune in. And if, if we can see that kind of stuff, not only with AEW, but with impact and all these other companies, um, it, it's, it's like you said earlier, it's making wrestling fun. It's making wrestling exciting. And, and it, it's, it's just a kick-ass time to be a wrestling fan. You know, I look back to the Monday night wars back before the internet, when you didn't know who was jumping from show to show you know, the night that like, you know, X-Pac shows up on Monday Night Raw. You're like, whoa, yeah. what is what is he doing here? The night that basically anybody from the WWF showed up on WCW Thunder. <laughs> You'd be like, what the hell? Um, yeah, like I love that now wrestling has that kind of uh, surprise factor to it again, which like, let's be real, we've kind of you could watch a WWE show and know what's going to happen from, you know, the first segment to the last and how, you know, why this wrestler will win, how this wrestler will win. Um, And I think we have a new level of unpredictability and, you know, like I, like we, you know, like the name of our podcast, you know, wrestling reanimator wrestling is back from the dead. It's, it's, it's got a whole new vibe to it. It's got a whole new life to it. Um, so I think that tonight's first match on, on Rampage really illustrated that perfectly. Um, and you know, there was only three matches, uh, and they were all title and they're all title matches. Um, second match, the TNT title. Um, I said to you before the show started, man, I think that TNT title match is a little weak. And 
I think I could, I'll admit when I'm wrong, I, I was wrong about it because it actually was one of the more entertaining parts of the show. Yeah, it was, it was definitely exciting. I knew from the beginning that they weren't going to have Miro take the L. Of course and I, I, I love Fuego del Sol. I love the stuff I've seen from the kid. And uh, shocking news for me, being from Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> did not know that about the kid. I didn't know that they allowed. Luchador did not know that from exactly. Jericho made that awesome reference, <laughs> and good for him. But uh, I, I, I think they told a really good story with this. Going back to the storytelling with this company, and uh, I knew I, 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 there was a part of me that's just I want Miro to squash him. I want Miro to squash him. Rip up the just getting that heat, that old school heel heat, just ripping that contract up. Not only does he beat the kid, but he rips the contract up. And they, they uh, really, they really made you think for a second that they that really Fuego did. Del Sol was going to pull one over on old Miro, but uh, you know, I think he hits him with three tornado DDTs. Yeah, shot his then... load a little too quick. <laughs> He wanted to get in there, man. He, I, I love them showing him scrappy. But th- that's the thing. When you have a guy his size and you have a big brute like Miro, I think that's what you need to do. You need to have him get his ass kicked a bunch of times. I mean, even Sammy Guevara made it, made the reference when he came out. He said, he said, you're what, one in 50? Yeah. But the people love you. And let's look at some of those, those, those matches from the past. I mean, you had Spike Dudley, who was super over with the fans, who just took a fucking ass beating. Mikey Whipwreck was Whipwreck. another one. Yeah. Took a fucking <laughs> ass beating. We love the underdog. We love seeing a guy getting the shit kicked out of him. It's, it's, it's just heartwarming. You just root to see for him. him. He's the underdog. You do. You root for him. You do. And that's what, that's, what, and we all know if you're someone, if you're, if you're, you know, you're not a fucking Mark and you're watching wrestling for the first time. Someone's dad is going to be sitting there, especially my dad. And he's going to be sitting there going, the culprit. he's going to go, there's <laughs> no way. There's no way that little guy is going to beat that big guy. And we know he's, we know in real life, he'd kick the shit out of him, but we, who gives a shit? It's we want to see the, the under, that's what, the, I mean, that's why. It's Dean classic storytelling. Dean Malenko is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Ryan Danielson is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time because we got to love the underdog. And I, I just, I want to see more. I want to see more. I want to see Miro kick his ass 20 more times. And then I want him to have him come back and get the W just pull out the W and just see that ref lit, raise that limp string bean arm up and just, just, get, just, just hand him the title. And I think you need that in professional wrestling. I think it makes it fun. I think it makes it awesome. And, uh, I, I love Sammy coming out at the end and, and giving him the contract with Tony Khan. And I just thought it was a really cool moment. We don't really see a lot of that in professional wrestling. Now, personally, me, I thought it would have been awesome if Miro would have came out again and beat the shit out of both of them and then ripped up that <laughs> contract. I thought that would have been really good heat. But uh, I, I thought it was great. I think it was a good little angle. Um, and I kind of, I kind of, you know, agree with you. Uh, having low expectations in the beginning and uh, totally having my mind changed. Um, so, so, so good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah, definitely. I, um, I, I think what made that, la- that moment, that touching moment between him and Sammy um, in the ring after the match was 
I couldn't tell if I couldn't tell if if he was in on it or, or if uh, it was a genuine surprise. Either way, like I'm sure he was overwhelmed with emotion, but right, um, it's a big he moment. Was, he he was tearing up in the ring. He looked like he was about to. He looked like he was crying. It was like a really big moment for him. Um, so I think that really that really uh, made it more of a touching uh, moment for, and I think it really gave that match uh, a heart because I wasn't yeah. really sure about it at first. Um, I was like, really? First Rampage, you're going to put Fuego del Sol that's exactly against what I thought. Miro? You have all this talent and that's what you're going to do? But you know what? I think it really it really was a nice uh, part of the show that that the other two matches did did not have it and really lacked was was like a, a storytelling or character element to it. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with Fuego del Sol and see if they do build him up to that moment where you're like, he finally did it. He finally got one. Yep. Um, so we'll see. We'll see where they go with him. And, and he's he's obviously very talented. So um, I'm excited. And uh, lastly, last match, the main event, Dr. Britt Baker versus uh, Red Velvet. And uh, it did not disappoint. And it was in her hometown of Britsburg. And Britt Baker was over like Rover. She could have yep. done, and she she was the heel, but you could not tell that night. Uh, no, <laughs> she was. She could have done anything, and that crowd would have been for her. Yeah, she she had a couple big pops throughout the entire match. Um, now me personally, you know, I, I think Red Velvet's. A, I think she's awesome, and I think she's amazing amazing athlete but i i think personally i would have liked to see a thunder rosa match that's just that's just my opinion um but uh i thought the finish was strong i i, I thought uh brit looked awesome as always i love her as i love her as champion um and uh talking about the finish kind of kind of very out of nowhere i think and we talked about this on the phone earlier um so yeah, it was kind of kind of eh for me. I enjoyed it, but it it wasn't uh, super amazing. My book. Yeah, I think it was definitely. Uh, I I definitely don't think it was the strongest match. I don't I don't think it lived up to the expectation that I had for it. Um, I think it was very cool that they had that match be the main event. Um, that they had a women's match as the main event for their first show i thought that was pretty awesome of them to do that um but uh i think while it was it was a good match the ending i was confusing and i don't really i don't really know how to feel about it because i don't think i don't think they set the audience up well to know how to feel about it um yeah it it just i and we we talked about you know how their first show is an hour long and uh i think that they may have been a little pressed for time at the end there uh and they really rushed Uh, out how that match ended because there's so so the way this match ends brit wins it and uh then brit just starts going to town and beating the shit out of velvet 
after the fact, even though she already beat Red Velvet, she's still just pounding her into the ground. Um, and then here comes Chris Statlander for the save. And, you know, the, Chris Statlander, babyface, top end babyface, you know, she's coming for Britt Baker's title one of these days very soon. Right. And at this point, Britt Baker's backup, uh, Rebel, had already been ejected from ringside. And then here comes out of nowhere, uh, someone in a ball cap and sunglasses, and you can't get a good look at their face. And with all the rumors flying around, I, I told you, Derek, I was like, oh, my God, it's fucking Brian Danielson. It's going to be Brian Danielson. <laughs> Brian Danielson's going to beat up Britt Baker on television? Come on now. No, like, I. Yeah, like, it was just awkward. Yeah, J- yeah Jamie Hayter comes back, who uh, we both kind of, you know, we're familiar with her, but I, I don't want to sound like this guy, but I was kind of like, who? Yeah. You know, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. And, you know, me personally, I saw a lot of advertisements for Thunder Rosa. So I'm thinking, okay, Thunder Rosa is coming out. We're going to see Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa for the title. That's the match I want to see. I'm a huge, huge Thunder Rosa mark. I think she's super talented. I, I think she's my favorite. I would have to say she's my favorite women's wrestler at the time. Um, so that's just my, that's my opinion. Um, you know, I mean, not that people I think really they're give saving, a shit. They're saving that one. For... Yeah, that's that's something you put in your your back pocket. But uh, yeah, little little uh, little head scratcher there. I kind of felt like I was in an algebra class. I was like, <laughs> yeah, numbers, okay. Oh um, shit, they added letters into this too. Yeah, what the what's going on? You know, but uh, you know, good for them. You know, I always I don't I you know male or female, I always like to see the hometown hero in the main event. And I think that that was a really good move on them. Um, and, and I think, you know, as always, they're going to, wherever you are, they're going to receive you really well. If you're the, you know, that, that hometown person. So good for her. I think she looked great. I think, you know, it, it was a good, a good move for her. Um, and we'll see what's going to happen. You know, maybe we're going to see a, a little women's faction start. So, so yeah, like I said, now, not now too she's crazy, but two. Two aligned with her between Rebel and, and and Jamie Hayter, and we'll see where this goes. But uh, it just seemed really out of left field. Um, I, I I and to your point about her being the hometown hero, even if she's the heel, and she's going to try and get heat, like if you're bringing in some other heel to back her up, you should be trying to draw more heat, should you not? Because Right. You're beating up your top baby face in Chris Statlander, but you know that whatever Brit does, she's going to get a positive reaction. That's not what you're going for right now at all. And obviously she's in Pittsburgh. She could have you know, lit her on fire and everyone would have cheered. Oh, for they it. still cheer. It. And we saw a lot of this, you know, like in the nineties with, with, with Brett, with Brett Hart being a heel and, you put him in Canada, man. Yeah. He could he could kick a dog in the face and they'd fucking pop for it. So it's I don't it's, agree with it, but uh, you know, he is the world champion, eh? It's it's crazy, man. It's it's fun to see people get away with that kind of stuff and see how over they get. But uh yeah, I, I think it was I think it was very fitting. Um I, I, I think she's a very 
she's got a very dominant presence in the company and and i'm excited to see what what they're going to do with her in the future yeah and that with that being said i think we uh, will turn our our sights a little bit here um as we're starting to wrap up um you know next week it's going to be big man next week you've got you've got another first of all you've got all your go home shows for um wwe so you've got your last raw your last nxt and your last smackdown before the weekend which are two pay-per-views and then you've got dynamite and rampage so next weekend you've got friday rampage which obviously now we know is an hour but you know i'm not sure if that one's going to be an hour that's the one that they're doing at the united center that's the one that they're you know that's the first dance quote unquote is what they're calling it and uh that's the one that might have CM Punk debut. Who knows? We'll see. But then you've got Saturday SummerSlam, Sunday NXT TakeOver. Man, next weekend's wrestling is going to be uh, – it's going to be a lot. <laughs> it's going to be a lot. Yeah, we got a lot, of good, a lot of good wrestling next week, man. A lot of big things. Um, so, you know, I'm going to do my best to make sure I can watch it all. Because it's a lot, dude. It's, it's it three days jam-packed. Um, but you know, it's, it's good. And, and, you know, like I said, we talked a little bit about it last week. A lot of people want to shit on professional wrestling and, and want to, you know, say it's not as good as it used to be. Um, but I, if if you're not liking any of this, whether it's WWE, AW impact, hell, even what GCW has been doing, um, in the last couple of weeks, you know, I, I, maybe professional wrestling is not for you because if you, <laughs> because, uh, um, dude, let me tell you, it is, it's exciting time to be a wrestling fan. And, uh, we have a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff, man. A lot of options. Get out there, watch some wrestling. Yeah. There's definitely plenty for you to, to go out there and discover. We're happy to talk about it here on this podcast. And like, like you said, it's, it's an exciting time and, you know, wrestling is very much alive again, and we couldn't be more happy to celebrate it. So next week will very much be a celebration of what's been going on in wrestling with two of the biggest promotions in North America in particular. Um, so if you're going to watch the start of a new era in AEW, uh, if you're going to watch what's happening with WWE, you know, the machine on, uh, on you know, with SummerSlam, one of the biggest wrestling events of the year no matter what company that you you enjoy more than the other there is no you know there's no bigger wrestling event in the summer than SummerSlam. um so i will definitely be tuning in for that as well and you know i'm excited to see matches like cena versus roman i I genuinely want to see that match and i never ever thought i'd say that but here i am um and then if you're if you're really you know if you love nxt I highly recommend you watch NXT TakeOver because it could be the last pay-per-view that we see, excuse me, the last pay-per-view that we see of NXT that's anything like the NXT that we've grown to love and, and enjoy. If it is true that Vince McMahon is going to change the way that he does things with NXT, we could be seeing those changes rather quickly. They have not been shy about making changes in WWE, so... Um, next week's going to be big next, and we're going to be uh, happy to talk about it all on our next uh, episode of the wrestling reanimator podcast. Yeah. Stay tuned, man. Maybe next week we're going to see uh, Darby Allen versus Brock Lesnar. Check it out. <laughs>
<laughs> so uh, don't forget to follow us on social media. Um, don't forget to spread the word and share and like and subscribe all of the things that we're doing. Um, you know, we're, we're a small team of people, but we're very, uh, very excited to get this project going and, and couldn't be more thankful uh, for anybody that uh, we interact with involving this. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Wrestling Reani. That's Wrestling, R-E-A-N-I. On Instagram and TikTok at Wrestling Reanimator. Like us on Facebook. Um, you can find me, Mike Lewis, on all social media at at Mike Louie, L-E-W-I-E. Derek, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, man. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's Falls Count Anywhere. That's Falls with a Z. And if you want to find me on Instagram, it's Derek, the number four, and then Reels with two Zs, no S, because I got that Dudley Boy swag. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, as we put this one to rest, we thank you sincerely thank you for listening to the wrestling reanimator podcast we know there's lots of other things you've been doing with your time but we truly appreciate you giving us just an hour or so of your ears to listen to all of the dumb and stupid things that we have to say about wrestling uh, so until next time friends rick flair nick gage 2021